0: from Titus Grown by Mervyn Peake. This tower, patched unevenly with black ivy, arose like a mutilated finger from among the fists of knuckled masonry and pointed blasphemously at heaven. At night the owls made of it an echoing throat. By day it stood voiceless and cast its long shadow. This is Gothic. Previously on Gothic, our travelers found themselves at the castle of Lazarus Cain, Lord Bledson, where, at a dinner party, they discover that one or more of them may be in line to succeed Lord Bledson as protector of Bledson and surrounds. However, to do so, they're going to have to survive the night in Lazarus Cain's deadly, dangerous castle. Will they? Let's see, because the lights just went out. I believe Grace screamed.
1: I was going to say, I remember screaming very
2: loudly.
0: So Grace screamed. What does everybody else do in the moment of the lights going out?
2: Well, I think Mr. Candlewick... Would be on guard for an attack. I mean, I, usually, I mean, I'm no expert in these sort of things, but normally when you get jumped, it's when people flip the lights out. So I, I would uh, I, I would like uh, like Candlewick to be on guard, ready for for whatever is coming, trying to figure out exactly what's going on and what kind of machinations this uh, this evil overlord has for us.
0: Who says he's evil? I mean, he's like offering up his
2: his protectorate to you. I, I, have you have you seen his butlers and the shitty staff that he has? And the company he
1: keeps. <laughs> Screams Evil
2: Overlord. Plus, wait a sec. I'm fairly certain I remember that our connections with him were all very poor.
0: Yes. Well yeah. it's, except maybe strangely for Grace's who um
1: Mine was meant to be more poor than that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: funny.
0: grace uh yours was uh if i remember correctly that you had uh not thanked him for giving you flowers at one of your performances <laughs> you had something else in mind
1: maybe this was a thing where he was repeatedly sending me flowers uh Ooh. one of these dudes just like every performance has this big bouquet and he's trying to outperform all the other bouquets and uh you know, it's pretty clear that he doesn't want to take the lack of a thank you card for an answer. Yet I keep not sending him a thank you card.
2: I see. <laughs> yeah, note to self. Don't send thank you cards. Get invited to spooky house parties.
1: <laughs> and that's what happens when you don't send thank you notes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what's. Uh, I'm more shocked at, that he would, you know, take umbrage with this. Or the fact that Grace accepted a invitation <laughs> out into the middle of nowhere in the rainy night to someone who she has done nothing but scorn. Oh, this is fine. E. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> it's like, what else do I have going on this weekend? Nothing? Oh, I guess I'll go and show up at that guy's house. <laughs> I'll just house. go Why see what he, when he's
1: serving for dinner.
0: <laughs> the lights have gone out. There are screams, not just Grace's, but other people scream too.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: what are you all doing?
2: I, th- I think I would I would like to immediately uh, take to my feet and try to take in my surroundings in the dark as best as possible. Try to get a, a gist if someone is coming for me, if I'm under attack, or if this is just some parlor trick.
0: What I would like you to do, then, is act under pressure.
2: Second roll of the game. The oh, second yeah.
0: roll of the game.
2: Let's see here. And a total with my cool bonus... Of nine.
0: Uh, On a seven to nine, uh, the Keeper, me, uh, is going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. And as I mentioned last episode, what I like to do is actually give you a couple of choices, and you get to choose from them. So you are preparing yourself for an attack, essentially, What I see happening here is you've got a couple of choices. You grab up a knife from the uh, silverware in front of you, and you kind of swing around kind of wildly because you're so expecting an attack, and you end up hurting somebody nearby. Or you push back so quickly from your chair that you actually end up tripping over it and wind up uh, kind of sprawled over your chair while Mm. you're in the dark still. Or you leap up from your chair and uh, start moving away from the table. At which point you'd bump into something rather frightening.
2: Hmm. You know what? I would rather appear less than I am, and I don't want to hurt people because I am trying to be a good guy, even though I'm monstrous. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the falling over in the chair and the the, the <laughs> plop onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: So you um, you leap up and uh, and and kind of stumble backwards, but you uh, fall over your chair and are now in a big heap on the um, on the ground. How about
3: Laurie? Oh, let's see. Uh, read a bad situation.
0: Okay, excellent choice. So, what are you doing when you're reading a bad situation? Because uh, in Monster of the Week, it's the actions that trigger the moves, not necessarily just stating a move.
3: Oh, got you. Well, I'm just really trying to figure out what's going on, the best way to assess the situation, who's hurt, um, am I in any direct danger, and is there anything I can do to protect anybody? Okay, go for it. So, would that, would that be a read-a-bad situation? Yeah,
0: that sounds great. <laughs> okay. If, if only we had chosen that first, rather than having to figure out what it was you were actually doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I rolled a 10. Oh, nice. So on a 10, you get a hold 3 for those of you who are not as familiar with Monster of the Week rules. Jesse now has a number of questions that he can pose to me, and I have to answer them. And you don't have to use them all now. You can save some for this same situation as it
3: continues. Uh, What's the biggest threat?
0: Okay, so you feel that there is... Someone nearby being dragged off. You actually hear the sound of a um, stone sliding on stone. And then a scream that, uh, one of the mini screams that then got cut off by like as if a hand or something was over the mouth of whoever it was that was screaming.
3: Uh, Okay, I'll use the second one. What's the best way to protect that victim?
0: You can kind of identify the direction that that's coming from. Uh, You have pretty good senses, I assume, as a a pseudo-angelic type of being. And (laughs) you can actually try to grab a hold of that person and wrench them away from whatever it is that is is trying to take them away.
3: Oh, then uh, that is what I am going to do. If I act on the answers, I get a plus one ongoing while information is relevant. I'm going to call this protect someone. That seems
0: fairly... Fairly straightforward. That seems pretty straightforward to me as well. Roll plus tough and yeah, um, add plus one that's, for your that's plus one. Really I do good. Eleven. Ooh, eleven!
3: Nice. Ooh.
0: Uh, in fact, on a ten plus on protect someone, you get to choose an extra effect. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm on the enemy. You hold the enemy
3: back. Be a hero. And hold the enemy back. <laughs> I will hold the enemy back. All right. So, Laurie,
0: uh, in the darkness, you hurry to where you have heard this person being pulled into what you think is probably a secret door. And you grab them and you, you can feel their, their waist in your arms and you start yanking them away. But then you also feel something clawing at you, clawing at your clothes. But you... You yank on the person that you're trying to help, and you shove away the, um, the other thing, whatever it might be. Then you hear that sliding sound of the, of the uh, stone on stone again, and, uh, mm. and you have someone in, in your arms at the moment. But we're going to come back to that. Grace.
1: I was just going to kind of rely on, you know, my practice moving around backstages and sets behind curtains and things like that to remember my sense of where everything is in the room and get my back up to a wall as fast as I can and uh, try and just listen really hard and figure out what's going on. As it turns
0: out, um, well, the lights come back on. And when they do, uh, when the lights come back on, you were in the dining hall. Now you are not. So, Lori, mm-hmm. you find that you're actually in a hallway lit by uh, gas lamps in sconces on the wall. And you have in your arms one of the uh, women that was at the table earlier. Um, she appears to be 16 or 17 years old, a little panicked and struggling against your grip on her um, at the moment.
3: Pardon me, miss.
2: <laughs> let me go.
3: Let me go. She says, <laughs> I am sorry, but I, I, I had to stop that thing from dragging you away.
0: Why are you holding me? What do you want? Where are
3: we? She says, you seem to, wow um we seem to have left the dining hall somehow where is everyone else
0: let me go let me go and she beats on your chest some
3: of course of course miss uh, uh, What? what
0: all right she you let her go yes all right she like scrambles away from you and presses up against a wall but she doesn't run down the hallway what's got you frightened miss You had a hold of me. In the dark, you were trying to...
3: Oh, what were you trying to do? But the beast was trying to drag you away. Says the beast. (laughs)
0: You You call yourself
3: the beast? How horrible. Right. Last time
0: I save you, then. Um, Actually, this is probably a... um, You're probably going to be trying to manipulate someone here. And okay. trying to get her to change her impression of what happened. <laughs> so uh, that's a uh, plus yes, charm. Yes,
1: manipulate this poor woman.
0: Plus
3: charm.
0: Uh, seven. Okay, at least it's a seven. So on a seven and nine, they'll do it, whatever you want. And I assume right now what you want is her not to panic and be frightened of you. Please calm down, miss. <laughs> Uh, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right
3: now to show that you mean it. (laughs) Is there something that I can do to show you that I mean you no harm?
0: Um, mm, are you a bad person?
3: (laughs) If you only knew how good of a person I actually am. (laughs) You still might be frightened. No. (laughs) Damn. I am not. I am not a bad person. I mean you no harm.
1: Um, I thought you were saying for a second what, that you're what, not a good person.
3: <laughs> who are you? I, I didn't recognize you. I recognized
0: that other one, the the one with the the one with the weird eyes. Um, from um, I, I saw him only once at like a curio shop, but I I recognized him and and I would he scared me at the time, but um, but I I don't know you. Who are you?
3: My name is Laurie. Um, let's let's just say he and I have. Both had our differences and uh, have worked together in the past. Um, from as far as I can tell, he is a good person. Don't you want to kill him? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Laurie, isn't that the... Yeah, but I'm not going to tell her that. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Thanks for saying that when I had a mouthful of wine.
3: <laughs> not kill. So
0: that's where we find um, um, Lori and... What is your name, miss? Uh, my name is... My, na- My name is Esbella. Esbella? What a
3: lovely name, Esbella.
0: I'm going to leave Lori and Esbella for a moment. Let's go to Grace. Grace, you tried to push yourself up against a wall where you would be safe.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my first instinct.
0: Yeah, you felt like you had to move a lot further than you should have. And Uh um, when you finally hit the wall, it just seems like it's about maybe 10 feet back further than it was. And when, when the lights come back on, you find yourself in a fairly large bedroom. Uh, with a four-poster bed, a oh um, a fireplace in one corner with the fire going. Um, in fact, Nathan Redbone is right in front of you, throwing up onto a uh, what looks like a bearskin rug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say as I, as I blame him, those things are awful.
0: Holy, holy crap. Oh, sh- bugger. What the? It says Redbone. Uh, and he's like, he's like getting up and he's wiping his mouth off, and he actually takes one of the paws of the uh, bearskin rug and he wipes his mouth. And, <laughs> and he's like, "Holy, what the?" And you yourself feel a little queasy, and it's not from—you uh, haven't had much to drink. It's not from that,
1: my dear. Please compose yourself.
0: Uh, mm, uh sorry. Um, all right, Miss. Uh, yeah, I—I yeah, don't know what happened. Where the hell are we?
1: Hmm. Well, taking in our surroundings, I'd say it's safe to say we're in a bedroom. Although I cannot say how's we got here.
0: He actually does laugh a little bit and he's but he's like, um, yeah, I see that, but weren't we just <laughs> in the I mean, I I've been drinking for like two hours now and I do have blackout issues, but um I I I, I, I don't remember coming up here. Were we did you are we are uh, did we uh no
1: no, sir. I can assure you, this was not a blackout situation. Well, I mean, it kind of was, you see, since the lights went out and when they went back on. Here we were in this strange room, which is not the room we started in.
0: Uh, I, I I, see.
1: I'd like to start looking around the room and kind of like, are there any doors in it? Windows?
0: There are windows. Uh, they, okay. They um, they have uh, thick red velvet curtains over them. All right. I mean the the curtains go all the way down to the floor. You were looking around, so I would actually call this read a bad situation.
1: Dois roll plus sharp. Oh, oh, Boise. That's a five. (laughs) That's a
0: five. Hey, that's our first experience of the adventure.
1: Mark
2: experience.
1: I like stick my head behind a curtain and then can't get back out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, what you see um, as you glance over there toward the um, fireplace, there are what appears to be a pair of boots, kind of partially hidden underneath the flow of the uh, of the curtains and it's possible that those curtains are bulging out in such a way that someone might be attached to those boots
1: i don't say anything because they can hear me (laughs) i would like to pull out one of the weapons i chose is uh fighting sticks which i've decided is removable boning for my corset so i just like pull it out and i would like to stalk very slowly and quietly towards the curtain and poke it with my fighting stick. She's a
2: professional.
0: (laughs) Redbone watches you uh, with his eyes wide, actually, uh, but... I
1: put my finger up, like, in a shush gesture.
0: (laughs) He nods, in fact, and pulls a knife out of his own boot.
1: Yeah, Redbone.
0: Okay, so let's leave you all for a moment and go to Chauncey. Chauncey, you tripped over your chair and um, (laughs) fell on your proverbial arse. Proverbial, metaphorical, and real. You, um find yourself on a balcony, actually. Apparently the second floor, rain is beating down on you. You're still on your arse, but rain's beating down on you from the storm that's ongoing outside, because this balcony is outside. There's a couple of big French doors, uh, glassed-in French doors, behind you uh, on the house side, Uh, but you can't see beyond them, because uh, they appear to be covered by uh, what look like red velvet curtains.
2: Hmm, okay. Is my hat still on. That's very important. (laughs) Extremely important. Did I lose my hat?
0: Has not been lost. No. It is still on. Oh,
2: excellent. Excellent. Alright, well in that case, I I suppose I'll I'll clatter up to my feet. Kind of take in the whole thing. Let it sink in for a moment. and Kind of marvel at the... So this is what it's like to be on the other side of the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I, I contemplate for a moment the times I've done similar activities to other others, in service to my dark master. And, uh, you know, peer maybe, ever so cautiously over the balcony, thinking about that moat, thinking about the headlines in the newspapers, body found floating in the (laughs) moat. (laughs) Um, and, uh, kind of just taking the, the area to me. I suppose there's no one else out here with me, is there? There is not. Oh, good. Well, in that case, I'm gonna brush my coat off, and, uh, and being one who, uh, while I am a Uh, A tad bit immortal I'd rather not chance how gravity affects my body. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my way to um uh this French door, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go back inside. Clearly, I've I've been bamboozled.
0: Uh, how about we get a roll from you too? Let's go ahead and yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and do a read a bad situation. I mean, you're you're kind of read a bad situation. Yeah, you're you're in a bad situation. I'm in a bad
2: situation. Body found floating in the moat.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be plus sharp.
2: (laughs) Okay, plus sharp. Mm -hmm. So a grand total of six.
0: Well, six is experience.
2: Yay, I'm winning by losing.
0: (laughs) I mean, you've got the moat down there, and you don't want to feel what that feels like to fall into it. So uh, you go to the the, uh, French doors, but they do appear to be locked. Now, you can... I mean, it doesn't feel like a very solid lock. You feel like you could break it pretty easily, but uh, if you do... Uh, you're stuck
1: if, forever and you can't get back inside. Yes,
0: yeah, you're just stuck on his balcony <laughs> forever. <laughs> no, you could break it pretty easily, but if you do, it uh, the sound of that is going to carry...
2: Oh, I see. Okay. Um, in that case, no, no, I'm not about this This sneaking about. I, I'm going to let them know of my disdain. Uh, I have some, uh, b- being a, a monstrous, from the Monstrous Playbook, I have some natural attacks.
0: Okay.
2: And one of the natural attacks I have is magical force uh, with a range of, of close in hand. And I would like to just blast these doors in. You want
0: to, um, what you're saying to me here in Monster of the week terms is you wish to kick some ass on
2: a door. Yeah, I just want to like, I just want to thrash this door. I'm rather you perturbed. You wish to kick some glass. <laughs> you know what? Clearly, they, they do not know who they are messing with. Really,
0: the the action is is um, probably going to be act under pressure because, despite the fact that you're using one of your attacks, you're not actually attacking anything that can hurt you back.
1: Have you met broken glass?
0: Well, that's that's also true. I'm doing it from
2: a distance, too. All right,
0: so I'll, I'll give you either one. You can do a, a kick some ass mm-hmm. if you want, or you can do act under pressure.
2: All right, we're going to go for the rule of cool, and I want to try to act under pressure okay. as best I can. Go for it. <laughs>
0: a grand total of 11. 11. All right, you do what you set out to do. Okay, what does your magical force look like when you when you use it?
2: my uh decided that my magical force is in the ethereal shape of kind of of blades of energy almost as if like uh summoning up ethereal versions of swords or knives or anything that cuts nothing too fancy but just more of a, a slashing thrashing not so much a punch but uh a... okay
0: so do do you just sort of like stare at it really hard or do you make motions with your hand how does this how does this work
2: I, th- I feel like there needs to be some flourish to it, uh, so I'd probably hold my hand out. You would know that it's coming from me. Okay,
0: so you're like just waving your arms around kind of in martial arts slash yeah. motions.
2: Yeah, something like that.
0: Uh, here's what that looks like then. So uh, you are looking at the uh, French doors. Y- you know you could... Probably just pop them open with just your regular, um, you know, strength. But uh, you decide that um, you're not happy with the evening, and so f those doors. You make your motions. Your uh, you start just slashing your hands through the air, and as you do, slash marks appear across the uh, French doors. They look um, strange for a moment because it's almost like the glass and the wood has been melted away uh, with only sort of a blackness behind them. But then they just burst away from you in a, uh, in a, a rage of, shards of glass and that uh red velvet behind them is just shredded and it starts blowing away to either side and uh beyond perfect beyond you see a lightly um lit area it's it's lit by candles like three or four candles and you see a clawfoot tub in the um in the middle of the room, essentially. It's a very large cloth <laughs> tub, and it is filled with steaming uh, water. And Hell yeah. That sounds nice. You see, actually, in the tub, a fully clothed person, in fact.
1: This no longer sounds nice.
0: <laughs> this is the uh, person that you heard uh, Grace refer to as Priscilla at the um, dinner table, and she's in the tub, fully clothed, but she's standing up, and she... Um, As the curtains flow open and the glass flies through, her eyes widen as she sees you backlit by lightning. Um, And she screams. (laughs) But at the same time, hands come up out of the water and grab her and pull her down. What? (laughs) Lori, you find yourself here now with this girl that you know whose name, her name is Isabella.
3: Isabella. I would... uh... Jeez. Okay. Gathering thoughts. I will...
0: You do still have one more hold from your a Bad situation. I know. That's what
3: I'm looking at. Are there dangers we haven't noticed?
0: Um. As a matter of fact,
1: there are. I was going to say I assume so.
0: <laughs> so this is a hallway, like I said, lit with uh, fitful gas lamps. Uh, no windows uh, looking out onto the outside world, but uh, there are alcoves. And one of those alcoves is right next to you, and there is a suit of armor in that alcove. And as you look around, knowing now that Esbella um, is a little calmer than she was, the uh, suit of armor that is in that alcove actually raises its arm... Just slightly. And then falls forward right toward you.
3: Espella, stay behind me, please. Trust me. She screams. Well, as I say that, I will use one of my moves. Okay. Cast out evil.
2: That's a thing? <laughs> You've got that?
3: I do have that. Cast out evil. I may banish an unnatural creature from my presence.
2: No wonder we're not friends. I was going <laughs> to say, you're the,
1: uh, the divine, right? That's your playbook? Yes hardcore.
3: And my roll comes up with my tough as... Come on, come on. Ten. Yes.
1: Uh, how
0: do you imagine this um, this uh, move working? And does this... Do
3: you have, like... You can just do this all the time? Or, like, some of the time? or? Cast out evil. You may banish an unnatural creature from your presence. Roll plus tough. On a ten plus, it is banished. On a seven to nine, it takes a while for the banishing to take effect. The creature has time to make one or two actions. Either way, the banished creature is unharmed and you have no control over where it goes. This move may be used on unnatural hunters. On a miss, something is keeping it here. That's bad. And I imagine it as a casting out. I raise my hands and light glows, and they, if they are a natural creature, they disappear from my presence.
0: Okay. The suit of armor falls on you, and uh, does one point of damage, uh, non-armor defeating.
3: Um, does... Okay, I also have divine armor. Mm. Okay. So that's a one-armor holy.
0: Okay, nice. So uh, you take no damage from this. Uh, pieces of armor clatter all around you as uh, the thing more or less disintegrates when it uh, hits you, the various pieces only being held together uh, by wire and um, in the, the frame that it was on. Um, but you do see behind it in the wall uh, retracting... Is a uh, what you can only describe as a um, prod or a lever, um, a a piece of stonework that is now sliding back into the wall and uh, clicking back into
3: place. What kind of machinations are in this accursed hall? I don't know," says (laughs) Esbella.
0: It's all very. It's also very horrible. Chauncey, there's water splashing everywhere now as she struggles against the uh, hands that are pulling her down. She actually gets a pretty good grip on the um, side of the uh, clawfoot tub. But, um, I mean, there's just so many hands. There's like a dozen probably coming up out of the water. There's no way that there could be this many people under there.
2: Mm. I
1: hesitate. You recognize that Priscilla's a terrible person. <laughs>
0: Okay, you hesitate, and I'm going to use one of my...
2: Uh, I'm still trying to get used to the whole being a good guy thing and just not walking beyond and leaving this alone.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Um, So uh, you hesitate. uh, Um, Her last grip, her fingers loosen on the side of the tub, and she uh, is pulled down below the water. And uh, there's just some splashes of, of water... Out of the um, out of the tub, and um, <gasps> then the waters are silent, and you can see uh, even from your angle that the the water is just completely smooth now.
2: Uh, damn it! Um, <laughs> God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to try. I don't even want to attempt to do this. I'm if to can do it. Uh, I'm going to try to reach in after her. <laughs> I guess that's what a good guy would do. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so you reach your uh, arm in, and we'll go ahead, go ahead and uh, roll protect someone.
2: Uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, protect someone is a tough roll, so that's a grand total of five. Welcome, Mark to another
0: experience point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm learning how to be a good guy.
0: <laughs> and your hand touches the bottom of the tub.
2: Oh, damn it.
1: You're like, oh, I don't know there's hair in there. I don't know really what
2: <laughs> oh, oh, gross. Consider her fate. Think of think of uh well, it could have been me, but damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Is it is a uh, how heavy is this tub? Um,
0: it's probably, I don't know, it's a big clawfoot tub made out of, you know, solid gold. So, no, it's not, it's not made out of
3: gold. (laughs) I was going to say
0: porcelain, but um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's call it a hundred and (laughs) fifty pounds.
2: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my uh, frustration get the better of me, and I am going to just try to push this thing over on its side, and just you know, in a, out of frustration and just being pissed off in general for hesitating.
0: So it takes a little bit of effort, but your rage and your adrenaline are enough. That uh, with the water in it and everything, it's really pretty heavy. But you you like get it tipped yeah. up, and water starts pouring out of it. And as it pours out, it uh, it's easier and easier. And then you just flip the whole tub over. And uh, water just flows all over the um, the hardwood floor and uh, starts trickling down to lower levels. But uh, the uh, the, the, the tub the tub flips over and um, and there's nothing comes out but water. It's just empty otherwise. And there's nothing below it. I mean, it was a clawfoot tub.
2: No, nothing. All right, so I'm gonna kind of like grunt in frustration to myself. Kind of look for the exit. As I, I try to find, the, make my way to the exit, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think the only thing that Lord Kane is going to inherit here tonight is the grave. He, he's, he's going to answer for every life that's lost tonight. Uh, let's go over to Grace. Okay.
0: So you're in the room with uh, Redbone.
1: I was about to uh, poke the curtain with my fighting stick.
0: Indeed, you were. Let's call that well, you're wanting to kick some ass because yeah. So, kick some ass.
1: It's an 11. God damn. <laughs> what are you... My only good roll tonight.
0: <laughs> so, on a 10+, plus, you gain the advantage and can take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. Now, in monster of the Week terms, taking uh, uh, something forward, usually a plus one forward means that uh, on the next roll, or if it's plus one ongoing, then it's... Uh, ongoing until the end of the circumstances you get that plus one um or you can inflict terrible harm which is plus one harm or you suffer less harm (laughs) minus one harm
2: i poke them in the esophagus (laughs) Uh, the the last one the last one you force them where you want them
1: you know i i actually kind of do like force them where you want them is good but i actually kind of prefer uh gain the advantage take plus one forward because i don't know who this person is and uh i think i'd i'd rather have a plus one forward than uh put them in a different place apart from with their back against a window uh so what i have is a a whalebone stick about as long as like from my wrist to my shoulder that i have whipped of my corset and it's my it's one of my two fighting sticks and uh i have poked them with it in a fencerly fashion.
0: Okay. Uh, You jab uh, the curtain and, I mean, you go at it pretty good.
1: (laughs) It's a firm poke.
0: The curtain actually falls down from its uh, curtain rods and reveals the fact that there are, in fact, just a pair of boots um, sitting there on the floor (laughs) underneath the the window. Well, I'm glad
1: I didn't force them where I wanted them. (laughs) On my feet! (laughs)
0: <laughs> Fortunately because of the heavy uh, velvet curtain you don't end up breaking the window or anything but uh, cool. and in fact the window is a, a french door set of french doors that open out onto a small balcony looking out over the rain swept moors and the lightning flashes thereupon however you do see on the moors below you see someone running oh. across them <gasps> <laughs>
1: Because there's got to be
0: someone running across the moors.
1: Are they in a white dress? Because that's very important.
0: And it's hard to tell from a distance uh, who or what that might be, but it seems... (laughs) Like a figure that is um I mean humanoid. um I was gonna words, say
1: like bipedal or...
2: yeah,
0: they're they're running on two legs and um, stumbling. and in fact, as they run across the moors, you see in another flash of lightning uh, that they are being chased by things that are not uh, bipedal. um bipedal. four or maybe even five. Uh, dog-like shapes, mastiffs, maybe huge shapes, um, but it's so hard to tell details in the rain and the and the storm.
1: I close the French door firmly.
0: Redbone says, <laughs> "Redbone says, what are you looking at?"
1: Oh, why there was just uh, uh, some wildlife outside that I'd rather not. Uh... Some wildlife. <laughs> I'm a, like, are are we on the second floor? Like, is this a? Um, I'm assuming I'm like up high.
0: Yeah, so there's like. the balcony, okay. um, uh, but yeah, it's, it does appear to be the second floor. And from uh, what you remember of the outside, there appear to be uh, five stories uh, to this castle. Dang, because you could see the um, you could see the uh, balconies outside. You just there was no light yeah. coming from any windows. It's not a small castle.
1: All right, well, I suppose we better go uh, lock the front doors. Those were rather large uh, canine figures I just saw outside and I'd like to uh, find the door and leave the room and try and find my way back downstairs.
0: Okay, so you and Redbone make your way out uh, through the door that is uh, there from the bedroom. Uh, Redbone seems to give a wistful look back toward the bed, but doesn't say or do anything. And at the fireplace, with its uh, crackling fire and its warmth, but uh, he just rubs his head and follows.
1: Oh, you look so tired, darling. If you'd like to go to bed, I'm sure, Mr., uh... Uh Kane wouldn't mind.
0: Well, he says. No, I, I I like the I like the heft of your stick. I think I'm gonna stick with <laughs> stick with you.
1: I like him, he can stay. I do like a Zorro twirl and like keep going downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Lori,
0: let's go to you. You're still in the hallway there with, um, Esbella. Oh, right.
3: What are your plans? So there was actually nothing with the suit of armor that fell on me. Nothing seemingly unnatural, just the mechanism that retreated. Do you want to investigate a mystery on that? I will. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, plus sharp. Uh, ten.
0: Ooh, ten. Ten's nice. Uh, that's a whole too. Uh... <sighs>
3: Oh geez! All right, what is being concealed here?
0: So you kind of stand up through the uh, rubble of the of the um, armor and uh, examine the that back wall of the uh, of the alcove, and uh, you can now, with examination, you can see fairly easily that there is one stone there, kind of in the middle that is not mortared to the ones around it. Um, and, in fact, you can get kind of a hold of it and kind of pull it out a little ways and see that it's on what looks like a kind of a piston, so it can be pushed out from the other side.
3: All right. I would I would like to say, well, turns out it was nothing unnatural at all. If you trust me enough, Espella, I can take us to others that are nearby.
0: Um, I, I don't, really? Uh... But she looks around and goes, but I'm, I, I, am not, I, yeah, okay.
3: <laughs> Take my hand.
0: And you, you actually, um, notice that, uh, she reaches into, um, a, a bag that, uh, she has kind of tied at her, uh, a sash that she's wearing around her, her waist. And she reaches into her bag and kind of holds on to something. Um, but, but then she like pulls her hand out of the bag and kind of cinches it tight again. And then stands up nods and um and goes yeah okay, okay. um lead on take my
3: hand oh,
0: you you really do, you really want a lot from me don't you okay
3: uh, <laughs> she uh takes your hand and at this point I will use one of my moves ooh do you have what well, i think you have. have more i have angel wings ooh you do nice <laughs> angel and wings damn.
1: When when I uh, level up the next time for my character my other game, uh, that's what I want. It's a good move.
3: Um, and I have to roll plus weird. I can go anywhere I want instantly, but if I take someone with me, I have to roll. Yeah. Uh, is it anywhere, or do you have to do you have to have been there before? I can go instantly to anywhere I've visited before, or to a person I know well. Okay. Um, and my goal is to catch up with grace. Okay. Um, but when I carry one or two people with me, roll plus weird on a 10 plus you all go where you wanted on a seven and nine, you don't quite manage it. Either you are all separated or you all appear in the wrong place. Yay. I rolled an eight. So either, either we're separated or we appear in the wrong place or we both appear in the wrong place together.
0: Uh, you appear next to grace. You probably don't even know this because you've never stuck around because you've always been you've been doing your teleporting thing, but for anybody who um, would be looking at it, I, I kind of I kind of like the idea that um, there's a momentary just a kind of an after image of actual angel wings spreading, and then and then there's and then you vanish and you're somewhere else. Um, that sounds beautiful, Patrick. But yeah, so you appear. Uh, next to grace but as bella is not with you damn it uh
1: he finds my whalebone fighting stick pressed gently but firmly into his adam's apple
0: uh redbone actually scrambles backward and winds up on the um, on the ground again he is like in his own vomit in his own vomit he slips on his own vomit (laughs) and is back on the floor
3: And he's like, "I am not having a good night."
1: Oh, I'm am so, so sorry, darling. Sorry, darling. Grace,
3: it is I. Please lower your weapon.
1: I I do apologize, and I I do I put it down, like tuck it in the <laughs> fold of my skirts to me Okay.
3: What is going on in this accursed place?
1: Where did you just appear from?
3: I was in a hallway, um, and let's just say I can be where I want to be. So you
0: noticed uh, something weird about uh, this this being's eyes, and when they uh, appear here, you also have this sense of a smell of um, chamomile. Oh, chamomile action going on. Oh,
1: beautiful. Got a little lavender in there, darling. It'll well, be just really nice.
0: And almost the sound of... Uh, almost the sound of flapping wings uh, for just as a split moment.
1: I would guess I'm probably uneasy, <laughs> but Grace is never willing to distance herself from a potential ally.
0: I, I actually think that maybe you aren't, aren't absolutely sure that this uh, being is part of the prophecy, but that it's becoming more and more apparent as these things that happen. That makes sense.
1: That makes sense to me. Like, Maybe it's a prophecy that's like this individual uh, will have, you know, I don't know, maybe a three physical descriptors and then, you know, be able to do these these mysterious things.
0: So what's your plan um, now, uh, Grace and
1: uh, Lori? Well, I don't know about you, but I have seen... Things running out on the moors, and I would personally quite like to lock the front doors to make sure nothing else gets in before we can recoup ourselves and get out.
3: Uh, yes, even though Lazarus had decided to keep us in here anyway for the evening to survive.
1: Yes, but as long as, like, you know, there's no, like, wild animals running through the halls or anything like that.
3: Have you seen something?
1: Uh, yeah, I just said on the moors,
0: uh...
3: Okay.
1: I've seen some...
0: Redbone's like... You said there was, like...
1: Uh, Nothing you needed to worry about, dear, I'm so sorry. (laughs) good (laughs) lord.
0: He stands up and flicks vomit off of himself.
1: I thought it was maybe wolves or something uh, uh, chasing somebody outside, and I just wanted to make sure that...
3: Nathan, you know you will be protected.
1: None of them got inside. You didn't wake up anywhere close to uh, anyone else, did you?
3: I ended up in a hallway, and I must say there is some strange... (sighs) shall we say, machinations going on in this house. Uh, Yes, We started in the dining room. I ended up in a hall. There's uh, strange levers pushing sets of armor down the hall at me. And as far as I can tell, I think uh, we're dealing with a quite mad set of traps and triggers set around the house, so... If we do proceed, we must be careful.
1: All right. Well,
3: there was one with me and uh Oh. We, we happened to be separated. So
1: Oh, well, how h- how did you get separated? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> was it some mystical mystical force or uh there
3: uh, there may still be some dark things happening here oh i'm, um, I'm sure there are as for Asbella's whereabouts i am unsure where she ended up
1: well let's go find her i was about to head downstairs do you agree
3: agreed
0: uh we will leave grace and lori with that and we will rejoin chauncey Okay. You have just turned over a a clawfoot tub. Sworn vengeance. Sworn vengeance upon the tub people.
2: (laughs) Or whoever installed this infernal contraption.
0: Sworn vengeance upon the plumbers of Bledson. So, what is your current goal? You're headed out.
2: Current goal is to make contact with something that is either living or dead or soon to be dead, as determined by me. Priscilla's gone. Well, uh, all right, hold on. i got to think like a good guy. Uh, Maybe I should investigate this tub thing a bit more now that I've totally trashed it. That is investigate a mystery, then. Uh, You know what? All right, you know what? I'll do that. I'll I'll investigate this tub and try to gather my wits a bit more before I storm out for vengeance.
0: Okay, that's plus sharp.
2: Uh, That is
0: 12. Ooh, look at you. That's a whole two. So you get your choice of those questions there.
2: So first one I want to know is what is being concealed here.
0: You look at the bottom of the tub, going even so far as to pushing it back over and and examining it. And it doesn't feel quite as solid as it should. Um not like it's spongy or anything, but like there's a there's just a uh, something wrong with its reality.
2: Mm, okay. So this this might indeed just be some kind of legit magic as opposed to some charlatan's trick. Okay, uh, in that case, um, I'm going to try to identify the hands that I saw as in what sort of creature. What is sort it.
0: of creature is it? Um, sure. <clears throat> um, from what you saw of the hands, they seemed like uh, the hands and uh, and arms that you would um, you would see in someone who has been dead for at least six months to a year So,
2: like a rotting corpse
0: corpse hands yeah
2: corpse hands okay excellent in that case if this was magical and i have no means to chase after this thing nor do i have a desire to chase after it for all i know she's already dead you have to be realistic about these things um i suppose i'm going to press off into the rest of the house and try to make contact with somebody else
0: okay um, so you, uh, move out into the hallway. The hallway is not well lit. It is dark. Uh, do you have any means of illumination or, uh, do you wish to just proceed in the dark? Um. Uh, so in the, in this particular, in the bathroom, there were, uh, uh there were candles.
2: I guess I could take a candle with me.
0: Yeah, those are in those little, like, cup things already where you can have like a little saucer with a handle on the side that you can carry them. Sure.
2: Yes. that will do that. They tend
0: to illuminate your face more than they illuminate anything else around you. But there you go.
2: Chansey Candlewick will take a candle and go down the hall. Mm, A little cautious now. It's a little spooky.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, As you walk down the hall, you hear the whistling of a wind somewhere in the building uh, you hear um, creaks. Uh, you hear what sounds like the teeniest little bits of metal on metal um, grinding together. Um, somewhere far away, you hear a scream. And then somewhere closer by, uh, you hear um, something that sounds like a, 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 a thud, like a body hitting something solid. Mm. And that's uh, actually probably just up ahead of you. Uh, There's a hallway, and then the hallway splits into a T, and you think it came from the right side of that T. You
2: know, I would like to investigate, said Thuds of the Night.
0: Okay. Uh, You go around the corner, um, and your uh, candlelight uh, weakly illuminates a form on the floor. Uh, The figure is that of a a woman. Um, She is... Uh, getting. I mean, she's not unconscious or anything. She's uh, stunned a little bit, but she is slowly pushing herself to uh, hands and knees and then uh, writes herself some. And you see that it is that girl that you recognize uh, from the curio shop.
2: <laughs>
3: good evening.
0: <laughs> she looks up at you and her eyes go wide. <laughs> and she goes, you.
2: Yes, I'm going to... Tip my hat to her.
0: <laughs> she scrambles backward a little bit, obviously frightened of you here in the dark, only lit by the candlelight.
2: Do I get a good sense about her that there's a healthy dose of fear in her? Or is she putting on a show trying to trick me out? <laughs> hmm. How about read a bad situation? Okay, mm-hmm. excellent. I advance menacingly.
1: He can't help his menacingness.
0: That is a total of Eight. Eight. Is a hold one. So uh, from the list for uh, read a bad situation, you can ask one of those things. There are some that make more sense than others, given what you were trying to determine.
2: Looking at her and kind of taking in everything else, there was a big thud. Uh, what are are there any dangers we haven't noticed, or I guess I haven't noticed?
0: Okay, so you're wanting to kind of know if if she's dangerous to you, and that she's acting
2: right. Yeah, and also if she is an accomplice. That's that's because I heard a thud.
0: Okay. She does not... She seems to be genuinely frightened. The danger that you may not have noticed is actually um, coming from just beyond your candlelight, and it steps into view as uh, Mm. you look up from her, having evaluated her fear as real, having had some experience with uh, fearful victims, um, and you look up and you see a, a skeleton... Um, advancing toward you. I mean, it is a completely de-skinned, de-organed, no flesh on it whatsoever skeleton um, advancing um, toward the both of you uh, and holding a machete in one hand.
1: The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel with theme music by Zoe Hovland and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks!